Hello, friends. Maestro here, bringing you episode 341 of my show on the mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I'm breaking down the truth about selling. Going to give you some tactics, going to hopefully tell you what to expect, going to help you get the confidence to sell your shit. And hopefully you will realize that it doesn't have to make you feel grimy or greasy or anything like that. There's a better way, folks. All right, all of this and more, but first, hey, DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestroified. Three, two, one. Hello, my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of, what should I say this time, Maestro on the Mic. We're going to talk today about selling, and let's make it a little bit meta, and first things first, I'm going to let you know that I am running a three-hour Zoom workshop all about how to make those reels that you love watching in a way that you won't absolutely hate. So I had some um, interest, so I decided to create this. uh, And uh, let me just actually, let me back it up and tell you, you know, I won't back it up yet. I will tell you about my thought process and why I created this. But the specifics of uh, the workshop, it's going to be three hours long. It's December 15th. It is uh, 4 p.m. PST to 7 p.m. PST, $125 per person. I'm capping it at 30 people. This way I can actually share my screen, go through specific things with you, give you individual feedback, and I promise you, like 100%, you will know how to make reels by the time this is done, uh, by the time the, the workshop is done. So if you're interested in that, click the link in the show notes. It's like a longer link, so that's why I'm just going to direct you there. Click the link in the show notes. Check it out. Like I said, 30 spots only. Uh, as of right now, we are halfway sold. Uh, this episode will come out when this will drop on December 9th. So it's my guess that there will still be a few spots open by then. And we'll talk about why. Uh, but either way, when you listen to this, if you're interested, check it out. December 15th, three hours, 125 bucks, 30 people only. How exactly to make reels. I'm not talking about like how to blow up Instagram, how to use Instagram for business. We are specifically going over reels. So if you want to learn that, this is the place. If you're interested in learning how to use Instagram in general, how to use it for business, that's going to be my Instagram intensive. The wait list is opening up for that, or I'm opening doors to the wait list for that very, very soon. Uh, so get on the list for that. I'll open the doors for that on the 13th uh, for the wait list. So we'll drop that in the show notes. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about selling. I just told you about something that you could purchase from me. And I wanted to do this episode because of that. The fact that I am selling something and I see in the people I coach how this can be, there's a lot of friction, a lot of resistance 
to this. So I want to walk you through my process, why I decided to make the Reels uh, workshop, what my expectations are based on having done this for quite some time now and seeing just how consumers tend to buy things, uh, you know, what decide, what made me decide to want to have this and just impart some some lessons about selling because I know that people, uh, and I was people, uh, it can be really just difficult. You have a lot of resistance to it and you feel like, oh, I feel grimy and I don't want to do it. Let me tell you folks, there is a better way. Uh, and part of that is just about getting more reps in. So as it relates to why I decided to hold that workshop in the first place and why I decided to do it in that way and not just a webinar. So I decided to run some Black Friday, it was not even Black Friday, excuse me, Cyber Monday sales. And I spoke about this before, but, and I spoke about this on my newsletter. If you're not on the email list, you might want to join. I put a lot of information out there. Uh, and if you like to read things, although I get it, this is a podcast, so maybe perhaps you like to prefer to consume content uh, you know, in an auditory fashion. But either way, if you like reading, the newsletter is the way to go. Courtney, thank you for dropping that link as well. So uh, I spoke about this on the, uh, on the newsletter and to my mafia that when it comes to Cyber Monday deals, your best bet, in my humble opinion, is to only discount things or look to discount things if you want to discount things that you don't have to then deliver after the fact. So if you've been running, you know, a coaching program all year, and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to discount it for Cyber Monday or for Black Friday. The fact of the matter is you then still have to go and deliver that coaching service after. And this is one of the fastest ways to get salty about something. The caveat here is, or the exception to the rule, if it's not truly an exception, but the exception, if you will, to the rule is if you create a new service for Cyber Monday, for Black Friday, something that you haven't delivered yet. And so those technically those early adopters get a discounted rate and then you go and you sell it you know, for a higher price after the fact. Typically then you won't get salty about it. And for me, this is largely about, like I've been saying, not getting salty about the thing. I know we can kind of reframe it and be like, it devalues your services, things like that. But I just want to keep it super objective here and tell you, you're going to get salty. You're going to get resentful if you discount a service that you've been providing for a set amount of money and then suddenly you're like I'm going to do it for cheaper and then you're going to be like what the hell was I thinking so when it comes to cyber monday or black friday sales what we see from big business you know big companies is that they're selling TVs right they're selling things that would be sitting there that they've already made this is an inventory that they inventory that they already have so by discounting it, they're just looking to offload this stuff. Otherwise, it just sits on the shelf, not making them any money. Right? They don't have to then go and deliver a service after the fact or hire a worker or pay a worker rather to go and deliver a service after the fact. Because if they did have to do that, they wouldn't do that. Right? They wouldn't, that's not a sustainable model to be, to be running all year. So if you are looking or you were thinking about doing some sort of Cyber Monday, Black Friday sales, my advice to you is to put things on sale that are DIY, right? DIY, do-it-yourself kind of things, or your on-demand, like for me, I did it with on-demand webinar, or if you have like a, a self-paced online course, something that people can consume on their own, they're doing it on their own, that it doesn't cost you any time because that is the most valuable thing we have, right? You've already created the thing that's already out there, so putting it on a discount, especially if it's something that has been, you know, around for a while, 
you're very unlikely to get salty about it. Uh, that last part I said there about having it, it's been around for a while, I think is super important. Like if this is something that you just, you know, it's a webinar that you just did last week and then suddenly it's Cyber Monday, I personally wouldn't put that on sale just because I love to reward my early adopters. And technically, you're kind of rewarding your late adopters by doing this. Whereas if it's something that's been around for a while, ideally, number one, the people who attended live, that that is simply, you know, that, that is the biggest bonus for them because you answer their questions in real time. And there's a good likelihood that they've been asking questions, you know, perhaps after the fact and, you know, you respond to them in the DMs. It's like, that's something that I always do. Like if I do a webinar, I'm like, you know what, hit me in the DMs after this if you have any questions. Uh, so you give them that benefit. Uh, and then there's a chance that, you know, if you've had this thing for that long, you have new material. And so if you're selling it at a, selling it at a discount, it's because it is, you know, last year's model, if you will. It's still valuable content, but it is last year's and you've since updated things. So in my opinion, it makes it a little bit more okay. So what I was doing, what I did for Cyber Monday was I put all of my, uh, and I think I spoke about this on the past episode, I put all of my on-demand webinars on sale. One of those on-demand webinars that I had was how to make reels and TikToks. Now, the thing with reels or Instagram and the thing with TikTok is that it's always freaking changing. So I could not sell that thing again in good conscience and be like, you know, well, things have changed a little bit, but it's like mostly the same because it is mostly the same. But I still, I couldn't do that. And, and then sell it and be like, well, it's discounted, but like it's a little bit different. And then also like just DM me if you have any questions because I know people are going to, DMing me, going to be DMing me because they're going to have questions because it's outdated material. So I thought to myself, okay, I can run this again, but how do I want to run it? I have the option of doing an, exactly the same thing, another webinar and making it, you know, low cost, low ticket, high volume and, you know, shoot for 100 people plus. Or I could make it smaller, more intimate, raise the price point, and really answer people's specific questions, show them specifically how to do this. And I went with that, with the latter, because it's fewer people. And honestly, I don't love teaching about the technical side of things, all right? I'll be, I will do it, but it's more fun for me when I get to do it in a smaller atmosphere, a smaller group, and really answer specific questions that people have and start to get into, hey, here's some ideas. Here's how this could fit for your specific type of content. I can't do that on a huge webinar with 200 people, 100 people. But if there's 30 people in a group, I know I can do it. And you know how I know I could do it? Because I do it for the intensive. So I was like, all right, that actually sounds a lot more fun, right? We, we know when we're going to create something, what you want to be doing also matters. So and I did not create the thing. I, th- I had these, all of these thoughts. And then I went on to Instagram. And did a poll. I didn't ask people what they wanted. I got ahead of this and I said, I think there's a need because I see people asking questions about this. I've done it in the past. I know that people wanted this. So let me put this out there. And I did it in my stories. And I said specifically what all the details were. I don't like hiding prices on things. I get there's a discussion to be had about that, arguments for both sides. But my opinion will always be put the price on things. I don't like digging for the price. So I'm not going to go and do that when I sell stuff, right? I get it that there's, you know, whatever. I know that there's arguments for the other side of, of, of the coin there, but I personally have always put my prices. Even when I was doing cash-based PT, I put my prices on things because I don't like 
having as a customer, I don't like having to go find things. And I also don't like having conversations with people where then you do have this whole long talk and then you tell them the price and they're like, oh, but that's not one penny. I can't do this. So I'm going to skip those conversations. I'm going to save myself those conversations. I'm going to put the price right on the on the thing. Also, some people just want to know it so they can save up. Right? Let's, if we give people the benefit of the doubt, and, and don't assume that they're not going to value our services. Maybe they value them so much, but like they, it's expensive and they need to be able to save up for this thing so that they can then, you know, or move things around so that they can actually go in and invest in your, your services. So I did a story, a poll asking people if they would be interested in a workshop specifically about reels. I would list it out, you know, the things that I would talk about, what I, that I would teach about. I said the date, I said the time, I said the price and the fact that it would only be 30 people. And the reason I said all those things is, as well so that I didn't get any questions because people will say, yes, they want this thing or so that I didn't get any questions or so that I didn't get people saying yes, but then they would object because of the time, something like that. So I put... All of it on there. This is the date. This is the time that it would be at. This is the duration. This is the, the price point. All of it. And then at the bottom for the poll, I said, you know, are you in? And I I personally always do yes or yes for my answers. Because I'm like, if you don't want it, then you're just not going to tap anything. So I, just want, I like to give people two yes options. Yes or yes in red. Uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe I had about, I don't know, 70 or 80 people. I don't honestly at this point remember. Uh, let's say 70. I think seven people respond Yes, that they would, that they, they wanted it. They were in. Now, you and I both know all 70 of those people ain't gonna say yes and actually do the thing. So this, this brings us into the next point. Based on those numbers, and I also did a little, um, I wrote about it briefly in my monthly recap for my newsletter. I send out the last day of the month, I send out an email that recaps everything, you know, the big things from that past month. And then I also will talk about things from the future. Uh, that I'm coming up. And one of them was I asked if they, if they would be interested in a Reels in a Reels workshop to click the link and they'd be added to the list. So I had another seven people, I think, from there say yes. So based on this, now, when we look at conversion rates, if you're selling something to cold traffic, meaning they've never really heard of you, they haven't maybe bought from you before, this conversion rate for that is like, five to eight percent like on the high end it's probably like five percent three to five percent to be honest so if you get a hundred people that like go into a free um what is it called a uh, a free webinar could be that or they go into a free challenge you have and then you sell something at the end of that the conversion on that is typically less than ten percent it's usually like three to five percent so you get a hundred people in something like you can think about and if you're kind of running numbers that, hey, from this, I think maybe three to five of those people will actually buy this thing. Maybe you're sitting there right now saying, yep, I know this. Or maybe you just like fell out of your chair and were offended by that. Give you a moment. Get back up. Gather yourself. And that is the reality. Think about yourself. How many times you see an ad or something pops in front of you? You don't buy it every time, right? This is, this is no different. So I anticipated the numbers would be a little bit higher percentage-wise because these people know me and I give them all the details for something, uh, for the thing, as some people have bought before, but still I knew that it wouldn't be super high, but I was high, even though I want 30 people, right? 30 people and it's, let's round it up to 80, with including the people on uh, my newsletter, I've got my calculator out here, that said that they uh, would 
would do would yes they would be interested in something like this so if it was what 10 percent, then what is that like eight people my math is so so bad right that's that's it it's eight people 80 times 0.1 wow my calculator is messed up times 0.1 yep eight people is 10 percent I thought it'll probably be a little bit higher than that, just given that I given all given that I had given them all the specs, and I was like, you know what? I think from this, I could get a solid probably twelve people. And doing the math, one hundred twenty-five bucks a person, and at twelve people, I was like, okay, that's a that's a good start because all right. So if we do one hundred twenty-five times twelve people, it's fifteen hundred bucks. When I run a webinar, I usually charge around 25 bucks for one. So if I get 100 people, that's $2,500. So that'd be twice as much. But I was like, hey, I think I could ultimately push and get 30 and I will make up that gap and I'll be able to deliver this thing in a way that I want. Now, yes, I could raise the price in the webinar as well. But the higher the price point on a webinar, the lower, the harder it is for, you know, the more resistance that people face when, feel when they're going to sign up. So... I was like, all right, based on these numbers and just conversion rates, I know how people are. I think I'll get 12 out of this who will say yes for sure. And then I'm going to have to push for the rest. And that's exactly what happened. So this, this brings us into the lesson of, you know, how people buy and what people say. I, and maybe you know this from your own personal purchasing habits where people can say, yes, I want it. I want the thing. And then you create it or you create the, the sales page for it and you give it to them and they don't buy and then if this is one of your you know your first rodeo you might get your feelings hurt you'd be like what the fuck you told me you were gonna buy and you didn't buy it happens right it happens you can create the perfect solution for someone and until they are ready to move forward or until they are sick of their own bullshit they're not gonna buy that's okay that's how it is, right? There's a, there's a pretty standard, normal distribution of, of consumers. We have those early adopters and people that need to, you know, need to see the proof. They come in that second wave and people that like wait to the last day and they need the, the self-imposed urgency of the doors are closing and they buy it. But let this be a lesson that it even happens for me when I sell things. It happens for all of us where you will create the, the exact thing that you know somebody wants and they don't buy it. It is what it is. You probably have had this happen in your life where you're like, yeah, it sounds great. I like it. And then the time comes and you're like, hmm, I don't know. And the price and, uh, ah, ooh, and you don't buy. So let that be a lesson. If it hasn't happened to you yet, because maybe you haven't sold anything, it will happen to you. You need to keep talking about your stuff and keep pushing. So let's tie into, let's go into the next lesson here. And I'm absolutely not keeping track of which lesson is which and which order. So I apologize. Uh, but let's find the next lesson. Uh, which one do I want to go into the next lesson here? Let's actually keep going with that uh, kind of normal distribution of people purchasing. Now, for one, you will typically see a kind of reverse bell curve when you go to sell something. Like uh, typically, but not all the time, you get the most number of purchasers on the first day and like cart open when you first start selling something if you've been hyping it up that's a big part there if you've been hyping it up and talking about it and then you get the most on the last day because that is just how people are they like that self-imposed you know urgency and they're like oh the doors are closing okay i gotta go get it now 
But you must continue to sell and talk about this thing the entire time. I, I put those, those, I put that phrase together, sell and talk about things. But realistically, you need to talk about things. If, perhaps if you really focus on that, you will not think about it as selling. You're simply talking about the service. You're talking about the solution. And you need to keep working the plan, right? You plan the work, you need to keep working the plan throughout the entire time that you are, you know, actually this thing is available for purchase. One of the things I see is that one, people go and open cart and no one buys in the first day and they're just like, what do I do? Oh my gosh, should I just take it down? I don't know, it's failing, it's not going to work at all. What do I do? You need to keep going and give people the opportunity to see this thing more and more. You will also have, or you may also have that normal distribution of, you know, the early adopters, the people that just like love your stuff and they're going to buy it. In that case, if that's, you're, you're comfortable with just selling to those people and selling that amount, then that's fine. You don't need to keep going, All right? But if you're like, okay, I want to go above this. So if I, if I was like, yeah, I just want the, the easy sales, I'm going to stop at that 12. Fine. But if I want more and I want to hit that other number, I'm going to have to do more. Similarly, if you are doing, you know, this is your first launch or something, you've opened cart, whether or not you get the early adopters in that the first wave, you have to keep going if you want more. Very simple here. For both scenarios, if you want more, you must keep talking about the thing. Now, the main, the main reason here is that Value is the value of something, a service, a good, a product is determined by the consumer. We set the price, but the consumer ultimately says, yes, I value this. Yes, I think this will solve my problem and I want it to be solved by this person. I want to give them my money. When you keep talking about something, your service, your product, it gives the person more opportunities to try and to decide, not to try, but to decide whether or not this thing will be valuable for them. If you only talk about it once and in one way, it may not resonate with them and then they don't buy it because they're like, it does, it isn't, I don't see the value in this. If you're feeling kind of icky right now, as I'm saying this, I want you to understand that I am, you are not trying to force this person to find the value. You are simply putting content out, whether it's a podcast episode or an email or a post such that if they see it, they get to decide if they want to interact with it, and then they get to decide if it is, in fact, valuable for them. But this is something that I see missed was with people will do one post, and they're like, oh, I don't want to annoy people, or oh, no one bought, and just like, oh, I don't want to do anymore. Or, and this is probably the worst case scenario, people get mad. They will, cre- they will ask their audience, you know, what they want, which I really don't recommend doing, asking people what they want. I, rather, I recommend asking people if they want this thing. Make it specific. Right? And they'll ask people, and people will be like, yeah, yeah, and you know, they want it. And the person makes the thing, and then nobody buys it, or not everyone buys it, and they get mad. That is unacceptable behavior. Like, grow up. Okay, I'm just, that's like literally all I can say about that is, is grow up. I understand, I hear the frustration, but understand you don't buy everything that you see and like and that perhaps you're like, oh man, you thought about buying that thing. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. You don't buy everything. I, I, I'm a big fan of selling to a wait list, but not everyone on the wait list is going to buy something. Sometimes people just put their name on the wait list because they want, more, they want more information, which is also why I try to do my best to put all the information on the, say, the, the, 
registration page for the waitlist, right? But still, people will do that, which is frustrating. I'm just like, why would all the stuff was there? And then you just said, oh, actually, I can't do this because of the date. And I'm like, but all the dates were there. So there's always going to be those people that just don't fucking read stuff. And yeah, I get it. They are annoying. Don't be that people, right? Don't be that people. Don't be that person. But what needs to happen at the end of the day is if you want people to purchase this thing, you want people to buy this thing. And listen, you're running a business. So if me saying, if you want people to buy this thing makes you feel bad, I need you to get over that because this is a business. You have paid solutions for problems. This is how the business works. If you just want a hobby, you just want to like, you know, give stuff away for free, which is awesome. Do that on social media. Do it all the time. That's awesome. But if if you're looking to make sales, you have to talk about this thing. People need to know that it exists in order for them to decide they want to buy it. In order for them to decide they want to buy it, and also for them to have the opportunities to decide if they find it valuable. And if they don't, that's okay. Right? This is all about autonomy. It's giving people opportunities to interact with things and to make a decision and say, yeah, this would be helpful for me, or yeah, I like this, or no, it's not for me. So when we're, we're looking to talk about stuff, keep going. If you are the type that likes to plan things out and you want to plan out a specific launch or a specific sale time, then do that and be like, hey, I'm going to write you know, this many emails during the week and do this many posts during the week and then go and do that. It's okay if like you don't get any sales that first day. You need to work that plan. You plan the work, then you need to work that plan. If your question is like, well, how many emails do I send and how many posts do I do? As many as you want. Realistically, people have the choice. They can read it or not. You could send an email every day if you want. You can send an email multiple times a day. That's up to you. Might people get annoyed? Yes. Might they unsubscribe? Yes. That is 100% up to you how you want to do things. Uh, I do believe that with social media, you can absolutely post twice a day uh, because people don't see everything. So that is definitely, you have more real, a bit more real estate uh, over there. When you're in someone's inbox, you know, multiple emails a day for multiple days is absolutely overwhelming. Uh, if you want to do multiple emails like the last day, one in the morning, one at night, you want to do one every day before then or every other day before then, you know, I'm not going to say no. We also just take responsibility for our actions. We, if we send emails and then people say, you know what, I don't want this, I don't want to hear from you, that's okay. I, I spoke about this in my last email I sent out, which was we take people's unsubscribes Take them professionally, not personally. Like the person decided that they don't want this, that it's not right for them. They didn't decide that they hate you. And so they unsubscribed. I think I had probably 50 unsubscribes with this most recent push for Cyber Monday sales. And, and that's fine. I'd focus on the ones who stay. Okay. Focus on the ones who stay. And that email I said, in that email I sent, I also harped on the fact that you always send the last email. Because, as you spoke about a little bit earlier, with that kind of reverse bell curve, where you typically get the most sales, you know, cart open and cart close, people put things off to the last minute. And they're just like, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. You got to know, you got to let them know when later is. Because sometimes people forget. I personally don't shop like that. But some people do. Many people do. So if, let them know. 
I'd let them know, like, the doors are closing. This is the final opportunity. And you typically get around 20% of your sales uh, that last day because it's just how people are. They like that self-imposed urgency. And so, yeah. Now, as it relates to just having the confidence to send these emails, having the confidence to talk about your services and talk about your products and talk about anything that relates to your business, this will come with time. And I actually did a post about this, I don't know, like a week ago. Uh, Courtney, if you could link it, that would be awesome. And I broke down the four phases, what I consider to be four phases of uh, having confidence in talking about uh, and marketing your services. So the first phase is, and I'm just going to read it word for word from the, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Phase one, you're brand new and not sure if your stuff works. You're hesitant to market or talk about your stuff because you're not sure what the results will be or if you can actually get any. This is normal, right? We've, we start, we all start somewhere and most of us start like this and you're like, I don't really want to talk about it because like, I don't know if I can do that. So I don't really know what to say. Like, I can't like promise something because I'm not really sure. I get that. Absolutely. The next phase will come, which is phase two, when you start getting some results and begin realizing that what you're doing could be good. So typically you get your first client customer and it's usually a family member or a friend and that's phase one. And like I've told you a zillion times before, focus on the people who are there. Focus on the person in front of you. Over deliver the shit out of whatever it is that you are doing for them, with them. Because those people are the ones that are going to go spread your message farther and faster than you ever could. So as you start getting some results with those first clients, which like I said before, your family, your friends, things like that, extended family, friends of family, we start entering phase two because you're starting to get a few results and you're realizing, hey, maybe this does work, this thing that I'm doing. Maybe I'm like, okay, at this. At this point, people are starting to talk about your stuff. Those clients that you got results for are like telling other people. At this point, you're still probably going to feel shy about marketing, but you'll start, you're starting to feel a little less resistance because you're like, I did get that result. Like that wasn't a fluke. I, I did that. From here, we go into the next phase, which is phase three. And I think the, the jump between phase two and phase three is probably the biggest or the, the gap between the two. So it kind of may take the longest from you to go, for you to go from phase two to phase three. Phase three, you're getting more clients and more results. People are definitely talking and you can borrow confidence from them, right? All the things they're saying, they're saying it to you. Maybe they're putting things up on social media. Maybe you've asked for some testimonies or some reviews and they're giving them and you're like, holy smokes, like, wow. You're officially realizing that this isn't a fluke and your stuff actually works. You're excited to market your stuff more and help more people, right? Once you know that, like, okay, I can do this. I'm like, I like this. I'm good at this. It feels good to help these people. It feels good to do this you get excited to do more of it. And so talking about it becomes a bit easier and you feel less of that resistance. And then phase four, which is the last four, that last phase that I outlined is you've produced lots of results. And from this tangible evidence, you have lots of confidence in your ability to deliver. You realize that marketing and being humble are not opposites and you freely and readily talk about your stuff. I definitely think that when we're in those earlier phases, we tend to have a lot more feelings about marketing because we're unsure of stuff. And perhaps the only marketing or true marketing and advertising that we've seen and really understood is the shitty ones and the, the like ones that make you feel bad. And so you're like, I don't want to do that. And I just see people bragging about their stuff and it's just like 
gross. Once you hit phase four, you will have, you will have had produced so many results and just helped so many people. And this number varies for everyone. Maybe that's 10 people for someone. Maybe that's a thousand people for somebody else. It depends on the person, right? But you've produced results and that's tangible evidence that, yo, I can do this. Like I got this. I am good at this. And then you realize that that talking about the things that you do and how you can help people is not the opposite of being humble. We convince ourselves of this, especially in the early phases, because we don't want to do the thing, right? We don't want to talk about our stuff because we're like, actually, I don't know if it works. And so we're just like, well, it's also cocky if you talk about it. And it's like bragging. We convince ourselves of this bullshit lie so that we don't have to do it. We pile on more and more of the the capital R resistance. As you get more experience and you grow up, and you realize like, dude, I can help people. I love doing this. I want to do more of this. You don't mind talking about it. And I'm not saying, yes, there is a a braggadocious way of talking about things for sure. Like uh, the pendulum, let's keep it like in a reasonable space here. But I think you all understand what I'm saying here, where you move into phase four, and there could be, you know, a zillion phases if you want, but I think these are the big ones here. You move into phase four, when you get all those results, you know that you're good at this thing. People have told you, right? You are actually um, listening to them too, right? If people are telling you you're good at something, it's kind of rude to be like, no, I'm not. Like, let's just say that. It's, it's rude. But you got a bunch of people saying, you're awesome at this. I'm so good. Like, thank you for helping me. And you, at that point, you believe them. Right? And you use that to market and you readily and talk about your stuff, right? But this takes time and it takes reps. So all the things that I've been saying in this episode thus far is accumulation of, you know, the cumulative effect, if you will, of just, you know, having done this for years in different facets, whether it was in, you know, as a cash-based PT or going in and becoming a teacher and educator for Rock Tape or now running my own business, uh, for, actually, after that, it was running my own business, but then doing more of the movement side and then now doing more of the business side. And it's just been a matter of time and getting results over time and believing what people say and focusing on the people who are in front of me. We have a tendency to look everywhere else and be like, oh, but I need more, I need more, I need more people so I can get more results, but I don't want to talk about it. So then how can I get more people if I want to get more results? Remember, you just start with the ones who are there. And yes, you will need to talk about your stuff in some capacity to get that initial bite, right? You want to talk about it and you know, share some solutions at least. Uh, and that's the beautiful part is when you're first starting out, especially if you're doing more of a content marketing approach, that's simply sh- sharing solutions, providing value in that way. Not necessarily saying, hey, like here's a million different ways to work with me. It's just go and share solutions. You get someone that asks like, hey, could I pay you for a solution? And that's how it starts. So this first part of the podcast, and also this first part of the episode, uh, mostly about why I ran or chose to run Reels U is what I'm calling it. Reels U the way I did, uh, and how that ties into some of the, the business lessons and the trends that you see in selling. And then we moved into gaining confidence to talk about your stuff. I want to kind of finish up the podcast uh, and make, make it a little bit, make it a little bit meta uh, and kind of... I don't even know if make it a little matter, but take some other lessons from this, from the things that we see in terms of how people buy. So we talked about selling and getting the confidence to sell. Right? And I talked a little bit about consumer trends, if you will. And now I want to go back to that consumer trends topic, but extrapolate 
lessons from that. So the big lesson here is that success comes to those who take action. Call it confirmation bias, if you will, because it's what I like to do. It's how I am. Uh, but it's been my experience time and time again that those who succeed are those who take action. Now, what I said before about you can put the perfect solution in front of somebody. Perfect for them. It's exactly what they need. They told you it's what they need. And they don't buy it because they're not sick of their own bullshit. They're not ready to actually do that work. And it's, it holds up a mirror and they're like, holy shit, I don't know. Folks who take action and move past that, those are the people who do well. And it's not, that they, it's not just that they bought your thing and that helps you out. It's that they, they buy the thing, they implement the things they learn from the thing, and they take action. Very few people do this. And once you start selling stuff, you will learn this. And you'll see it firsthand, which is why I encourage so many of you, all of you, to do the thing and to take action. Because guess what? Other people aren't doing it. The resistance, right? That is uh, what's this? the Stephen Pressfield book, the, Re- the War of Art. The Art of- yeah, The War of Art. Uh, Courtney, if you could link that, awesome. Thank you. The resistance is so very real. This is also why, we're going to kind of go on a little tangent, but it's, it's actually very relevant. This is also why when it comes to sell, you selling things in general, I also encourage you to keep talking about it for months and months and months and months and months and months and months because it takes months for people to get over their own, to be ready to get over and deal with their bullshit. It literally takes that long for them to be like, you know what? I am ready to do this. One of the things that you will see is one of the reasons that it's so much easier to sell a free thing as opposed to a paid thing is because it's a, it's a lower barrier to entrance and it decreases the time that someone has to sit and think, do I actually want to do the work, right? If it's free, they're just like, they can just click a button and the fewer buttons you have for them to click, again, the shorter time that they have to think, like, do I actually want to work? Because that work that they're having to do to click, it lets them know like, oh, this is actually like going to take some time. Hmm. Right. You put another barrier to entry on something, which is a price. And suddenly they're like, uh, and they come up with all these, all of these reasons and excuses all of a sudden. That thing you designed is probably perfect for them. But the resistance is real. And they're suddenly like, oh, I don't know. Like I could probably figure this thing out on my own. Like I could probably do it. Even though they haven't done that shit for 36 years, like they're not going to do it, but there's a little bit of resistance. And so it gives them that moment to think like, oh, this is going to be hard. And like, this is actually going to be work. And they come up with all these excuses and they look at those excuses instead of being like, hey, I just like don't want to do the work. They're not going to say that to themselves. So this is not my, this is not me saying, make your shit free. Not at all. It's me speaking to you about why people, one of the reasons that people don't buy something, if it is in fact good and it is perfect for them. Like sometimes people don't buy things because it's not good. (laughs) But if it is absolutely, you know, actually something that will solve the problem, there's very real chance that it's like, hey, I don't know if I actually want to solve this problem right now. I don't know. So circling back to the big lesson from selling, and seeing consumer trends and how, you know, consumer behavior, success comes to those who take action. So if you are thinking about doing something, building something, buying something, do it. Success comes to those who take action. And part of that is simply because other people aren't doing it. 
you want to, you know, skew the ratios there and give yourself a better chance, just take action because there's fewer people that you're going to be competing against. The second part, the second lesson uh, to think about with this, uh, and this, I think this is a bit of a less important lesson, uh, kind of is, you know, be the change that you wish to see. Uh, but understand that change takes time. So I personally, when I buy things, I, I know I want it. I decided it's for me and I go and buy it. I'm not hemming and hawing. Like I may read a lot of reviews about something, uh, but then I go in and I, and I purchase it and I am not that person that waits till the very last moment. If you are looking to change how things are done and you're looking to really empower people and not, you know, force their hand with a lot of scarcity and things like that, or especially not false scarcity or false urgency, understand that if you're going against what the trends have been, that the sales may be slower because of that, or they may be different than, you know, a more standard technique, even if you don't like that standard technique. So you shouldn't do that standard technique, but because this is different and new, it may be slower. But what I was saying with the original point there is if you believe in a certain way of doing something, you need to make sure that you are doing it yourself. So if you're like, fuck, man, I wish people wouldn't wait to the last minute. You better not be waiting to the last minute to buy stuff. I, be the change that you wish to see. It doesn't mean necessarily that people are 100% going to follow in your footsteps, but also there's definitely something to be said about attracting what we are. And part of that is because if you do take action and you are that early adopter, that messaging is going to start to come through, whether you realize it or not, and just how you encourage people to act, maybe how you incentivize people to act, it's going to come out. And so you'll end up with more people who do that thing simply because you're speaking about it, about it more. All right. But big point with that is be the change that you wish to see, but also understand that change takes time. It's, it's, you know, can be slow to be adopted. If you want people to be early adopters, you better be an early adopter yourself. All right. I I really want to review and recap the episode, but I talked about so much and I'm like, "Mm, my brain, I don't know if I remember everything. But the big parts here, if I can try and remember that we, what we went through was in the beginning, why I uh, decided to set up Reels U and sell it the way that I did. By the way, remember you, the link is in the show notes. Uh, If you're interested in that, that's going to be the three-hour workshop on December 15th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. PST, so Pacific, or I think it's PDT, right? Pacific time. Uh, 125 monies, 30 people only. We are currently halfway sold and probably will still have some open spots when this drops uh, because most of them will probably get sold. The rest of them will probably get sold on the 14th uh, and this episode will go out on the 9th. Uh, From there in the episode, we went and spoke about consumer trends, right? Remembering that we have, we oftentimes see that reverse bell curve where you get the most people buying on cart open and cart close. If you've been talking about the thing that you've been selling, if you didn't talk about it at all, then you may not get anyone or you may get people perhaps steadily buying or kind of still steadily buying and then buying the most uh, at the end. The most important thing is that you work the plan. So if you're doing a card open, you're launching something, you're selling something, you need to talk about it. You need to give people opportunities to decide if this thing is valuable to them, if it will be valuable for them, if it will solve their problems. Again, this is not about forcing anyone's hand. This is simply creating opportunities for people to in- engage with your your work, whatever it is, and see, okay, well, will this help me? 
Yeah, okay, maybe I want to think about it even more. Will it not help me? No? Okay, that's totally fine, right? Autonomy is sexy. Uh, after that, we talked a bit about the four stages of gaining confidence to be able to talk about your stuff and sell things. And with that, it's largely about time and getting reps during that time. The starting point is always focus on the ones who are there. Same thing we kind of talked about with unsubscribes, focus on the ones who stay. The ones who stay, the ones who are there, whether it's one person or 100 people, they are the ones that are going to spread your message farther and faster than you could. So you focus on over-delivering to them. After that, I spoke about kind of, you know, the lessons that we can extrapolate, two lessons that we can extrapolate from consumer trends. Uh, and the big one being success comes to those who take action because quite frankly, people don't take action. You can create the perfect um, you know, product for someone and that's also something we talked about in the beginning and I forgot to recap that, but just consumer trends in terms of conversion rates and how they're typically pretty low. You can have the perfect thing for, some, for someone. You can create it based off of what they've told you will help them and they won't buy. The resistance is real and that's okay. That's why we continue to talk about our stuff and you give people time to be ready. But from the flip side of that is if you have something that you know you want to do, you want to create, you want to make, you want to get stronger, you want to, something you want to become, go and take action. Success comes to those who make moves. And then lastly, wrapped it up saying that be the change that you wish to see. If you want folks to be early adopters, you got to be an early adopter yourself. Your messaging will reflect that and we typically attract what we are not what we want all right i think that is it i actually really really enjoyed this episode i was really looking forward to talking about this episode talking about this content and, and doing this episode so thank you for your attention uh, i realized i probably spoke pretty fast in this one i'm really when i got something down right when i'm like yeah i know what i want to be talking about and how i want to be saying it i know that i do speak a little bit faster which means that you probably cannot put this podcast episode or that specific episode on like you know 1.5 speed uh, so yeah i get excited what can i say but i uh, as always am endlessly appreciative for the time that you take to to listen and uh what is it what is it called spotify wrapped up just came out uh, i listen to all my stuff on pandora it's my music on pandora and my podcast that I, if, I ever, if i ever do listen to a podcast uh it is going to be on Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. Uh, so I don't have Spotify wrapped, but that did come out. And, you know, I truly appreciate the love that you folks show me and the fact that you be listening. Like, dudes, you be listening. Even Lex. Uh, Lex, I know, you, I know she'll listen to this episode because she uh, does the graphics for me, but... Lex sent me a text and she was like, look, you're my number one podcast. And it was like, you've listened to three and a half minutes. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, but <laughs> number one is number one, right? Still one. Uh, but I really do appreciate it. And it's, it's amazing, right? It is amazing. And I have endless gratitude for, for all of you. And just the fact that you, you sit and you listen and you respond and you hit me up and I have a much better idea of who is listening to this podcast. So Thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right, officially wrapping it up. 
Until next time, friends, maestro, 